0: It's time to answer your questions. Okay, we've gotten questions far and wide. Most importantly, which is the most overrated ex-New Jersey, ex-Syracuse player? All that and more. We talk on Locked On Syracuse today. It starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine, with you on your Wednesday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first day or first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. We are doing another mailbag episode. I love them. You love them. Everybody loves them, Owen. Owen's wearing hilarious headphones. If you are an audio listener, you're missing out on Owen's hilarious headphones. Also, just want to say thanks uh, for 800 subscribers. We just hit on the YouTube. I assume that Owen's philanthropic efforts are helping us get to our goal of 1,000. So let's keep going on that train. Oh, yeah. Um but let's just jump right into it. Let's do questions. you want to start on Twitter or our email?
1: Um, Surprise me. I, I've looked at the the Twitter questions, so go with... Okay, then we're going to start on the email. Start with the email. Throw me off.
0: If you want to be a part of the next mailbag, you have questions that you want us to answer, we will answer them, uh, likely, like a 95% chance. Just, you know, got to make sure. You got to vet these questions. Oh. Um. Email us, losyracuse44 at gmail.com to get your voice heard. We want to hear what you have to say about Syracuse football, Syracuse basketball, whatever. Well, we want to hear about it. Um, okay. First question is from Scott. Scott says, hey, guys, has this 5-0 and start changed your per- perception of Dino Babers at all relative to how you felt about him going into the season? Uh, I think this is a question that a lot of people have kind of been thinking about at this point in the year. Because going into the year, everybody I feel like, obviously, not wanted Syracuse to play poorly, but I think there there was a camp out there that wanted Dino to play himself out of the job because they don't like Dino and they think Dino's a bad coach. I think I'm higher on Dino than everybody else is because whenever the team doesn't play well the coach is blamed um but at the same time there are reasons that Dino has uh been at the, the the center of the blame before I mean if you go to last year clock management was worse than it had ever been uh that Clemson game was so bad and there were so many close games that they should have won and Tommy DeVito is out playing fantastic football in Illinois. Kind of makes you think that maybe Dino's offense doesn't work unless there's a mobile quarterback in it. Uh, but regardless of all that, they're five and zero, and there's not a lot you can say poorly uh, in a negative light about Dino right now because he's leading this team to an undefeated record. Um, I, despite all that, I honestly think I'm in the same spot I was at at the beginning of the year with Dino, just because yes, you're five and zero but you still haven't clinched the bowl game that everybody has been saying is the the one thing that you need to do to to stick around. And he hasn't, I mean, yes, you've beaten Purdue, which has been a formidable opponent, but outside of that, show me a good team you beat. They haven't beat a ranked team. I want to see them beat a really good team before I believe that this team can win 11 games like some people think they can.
1: Yeah, where I sort of stand on this, and I think you, you nailed it when you said that you haven't changed in terms of your ideas. Uh, I think that's spot on. I haven't really seen anything out of Dino this year that changes where I stood on him preseason. Um, I think I'm definitely, I was more down on him coming into the year than you were. And this year, as you were saying, hasn't really done anything to change my perspective and change my perception of Dino. I will say this though. I think a five and oh start and any competent finish to this season will change my thoughts on how long he stays. And I think if he gets to eight wins this season, that in my mind, he finishes out his contract at Syracuse. Uh, And I I think that... I think he's already doing that. Because of...
0: I think it's already going Given the
1: buyout situation where, you know, preseason reports said he's going to be owed over $10 million already uh, if he finishes this season out. So after this season, it's a $10 million buyout still. I think that says enough for me plus the wins and any sort of competent finish to this season, his job is safe. Now, I will say this. I don't think his job is safe this year as a result of anything that he has done. I think his job is safe this season as a result of the coordinators, which I guess you can give him a nod because he has pull as to the coordinators that are coming in, and you're shaking your head. So please disagree with me if you want to. Uh, I'm not shaking my head. I, I just I, I haven't I'm seen anything that Dino has done differently this year that is the reason that they're winning football games. They're not winning football games right now because of Dino decisions. They're winning football games right now because the coordinators are stepping up and doing their job, Uh, and not because Dino has stepped up recruiting or because Dino has improved his time management or that Dino has improved his ability to coach an offense or a defense. They're winning football games right now because the coordinators are doing a far better job that they had in the earlier portions of Dino's career barring 2018 success.
0: Three things I'll say. One is we don't know exactly what Dino has done differently or not, just because he plays his cards so close to the chest. Um, Outwardly, it doesn't look like a lot has changed Um, Two, I think there's a lot to be said about the leader of a five and O team, the guy that is on the top and for, for Dino, who has struggled 11-24 and 24 in his last three seasons, I think dude, there's some credit to be given for him to be the head coach of a 5-0 and football team right now. Really, I think there is. Um, and thirdly is I think that you have to give him some credit in terms of recruiting because he brings in guys. Syracuse has never, or not never, but has not been for the for the entirety of Dino's tenure, they have not been a recruiting powerhouse in any sense of the word. Um and re- despite that, he has brought in three stars that have been playing like five stars, like Garrett Williams, Michael Jones, and Sean Tucker. Uh, so I think you got to give him credit for that. But um, other than that, I think. You know, we haven't seen him get better clock management. That's totally yeah, true. Yeah, I just uh, I mean, and I still don't trust him when the the game is is close late to make the right decisions. But maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he took a class. Who knows? We got to move on. All right. Um. Okay. Off. Thank you for I the see. question, Scott. We are on. I what? said cut
1: me off. I see. Get the last. But word. We're, we're
0: eight minutes all in. Right. We did one all question. Right. We're eight minutes in. All right. And, and in is telling us I have we have got to the take...
1: Dino conversation full episode uh, in our next. Two yes, years. we might need that.
0: Um, with that, I have to take a break and to tell you about Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from Syracuse's weekend game or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the team is I'm going to go Umari Hatcher's uh Touchdown. That was a really sweet touchdown in that Wagner game. Um, I mean, the catch was kind of ridiculous. And maybe we get a question about him. A little sneak peek for you. Uh, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available now at nissanusa.com. All right, we're back. Owen. Oh, I feel bad for cutting you off. What do you have to say? That's okay.
1: We'll talk about it another time.
0: No, I won't move on. You have to. You have to say. Okay, something. I
1: was just gonna say, and, and to to quickly summarize the Dino recruiting conversation. Is it too much to ask for a four star that turns out playing like a four star, as opposed to you know the Deuce Chestnut? I know, but like I, I want to see improvement in terms of the ranking because so that I. Yeah. that I do want to see, and I get eye tests, and I'm very pro eye testing so much but I do just wanna see some numerical backing with a really good class. You look at 2018 and the 2019 class, I believe was worse. You win 10 games and I believe this 28 for the 2019 class was worse or only a few spots better. Like it was not the shift you needed and they don't take advantage of momentum which I think we discussed earlier in the off season. Uh, that is just my, my Dino recruiting spiel. And I think maybe this, as I said a second ago, this could bar, a full episode uh moving forward in the next couple of weeks uh with recruiting and a full Dino conversation. So let's go. Next question, we'll go a little more rapid fire hopefully. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's see where we end up. Uh
0: that was the class 2019 class was six spots worse than 2018.
1: Oh, I was Just right. You. Huge.
0: You were right. Um okay. Momentum next question buried. comes from Tom. He says, "Guys, enjoy the show." Question, how much Thank you by the way, Tom. I appreciate that. He says how much was Syracuse offensive mishaps struggles against Purdue and Virginia due to these teams having film on Qs, whereas Louisville didn't have any and how much was self-inflicted. I think we have the offensive skill players in back eight to do okay in the remaining games. How well, how well we do will come down on or to injuries and line play both O and D lines go orange. Um, I don't know. I think that Purdue is just a better team, and I had a feeling that Virginia was going to play Syracuse close. I don't really know why I did, just because there's a lot of talent there, and I'm not saying there's not a lot of talent in Louisville, but I don't I don't know. How has Louisville done recently?
1: Well, I look that up. Feel free. Yeah. To give your so my, my thought on this, and I think it's a fair point to bring up, and I think it contributes a little bit, but I do think it's more a nod to how Syracuse's offense played in those games. It definitely helps, you know, for a Purdue defense to have a couple of games worth of knowledge of what Syracuse can do. And then the following game, uh, Virginia has got a lot more footage of what this offense is going to try and do against better teams and better opponents. So now you've got a Louisville game UConn, you're not really gaining all too much in terms of footage and film and knowledge from there. Um, But then you bring in this footage from Purdue in a game where Syracuse really had to do everything in its power and dig deep into, into the heart, I guess, and playbook and things of that nature. So the footage there is bountiful at this point and is getting to be bountiful. So I think it can play a difference, but I would chalk it up a heck of a lot more to the way Syracuse's offense played in that game as opposed to the way, you know, opposing defenses were able to plan with a little bit more footage.
0: Yeah. Um I was just looking at the Louisville schedule. They lost to or they beat UCF, lost to Florida State, beat USF who are terrible, uh, and then they just lost by one point to Boston College this p- past weekend. So, they did lose Boston to a BC team is, that I is not great. I, they lost to a BC team that I think Syracuse is going to kill. Yeah. Um so We'll see. They do play Virginia this week, which will be pretty telling, and uh, be interesting to see what they do against Virginia. But uh, I don't know how much it is how it was, how much it was film. Um, and what was the second part of this question? How well we do will come down to injuries and line play. Wasn't a question. Um, I think you're not wrong about that. Offensive line staying healthy and and playing well is going to be really important for the offense. Yeah. Okay, Tom. Thank you very much for the question. We really appreciate it. Uh, next question is, do you think Hatcher will get more time at receiver after the Wagner game? Maybe, uh, like I just said, he was the thrilling Nissan moment of the week. Um, I think he's a really good player and will have his day in Syracuse, but I don't know if he's going to play all that much this year.
1: I I agree. I don't know, given the situation with the receivers right now, how much, his role can shift and elevate at this point. I think they've sort of solidified who they want to throw the ball to. Uh, and that doesn't mean that Hatcher is not going to get an occasional look here and there, but I don't think it's, it, you're going to see a huge step up for him uh, in terms of the role that he plays in this receiving core this year. But I, I like, you know, the point you made, you can definitely, I would chalk him up as a guy that you're you're going to see progressively more and more of if he you know finishes out. Uh, his time at
0: Totally. All right. That's it for the email. Let's go over to the Twitter. If you would like to be a part of this on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We throw out uh, one Twitter post a week. You can reply to uh, that. We kind of congregate all these questions on. Um, first one up. If Cuse was in the ACC Coastal, they would almost be a shoo-in to play in the ACC championship game. Not a question, but more of a statement from Lucas. Um, Let's look at that. Have you seen that? Have you looked? Uh,
1: I have the the Coastal standings up right now. Um, It's it's a fair question. I don't know if I would say a shoo-in.
0: Wow, the Coastal's uh, terrible.
1: They're terrible. Uh, Syracuse's chances are exponentially better to play in the ACC championship in the Coastal. I don't know if I can chalk it as a shoo-in, but I, I can definitely say that it is in very much in the realm of possibility that Syracuse would be in the ACC championship game if they found themselves on the other side of, uh, of these divisions.
0: Yeah, that's nuts. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, pretty Duke, crazy. I think I want to see Pitt. Duke has had a Pitt. good year in terms of wins, but, like, there's not one conference a great team.
0: team yeah. uh, uh, I think want to see not Pitt great. play another conference game.
1: Yeah, Pitt's the one that I'm a little worried about, especially just given Syracuse's consistent struggles against Pitt, and that always yeah. ended up being, uh, you know, a game where I feel like there's 300 points scored. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I I'm saying they're very much in the conversation. And Makes it a if, lot
0: easier. Totally, I would
1: say in terms of a betting line, uh, maybe Bet Online, they can find us with a uh, the hypothetical Syracuse odds to win the Coastal if they were on the other side. Uh, I, I'd see it. My gauge would probably be at like a plus one hundred and fifty, plus two hundred, saying that like it could happen. It's not a guarantee. It's not a, um, but like they're close to the betting favorite. I would say. To win the coastal, which is I'm gonna say more definitely interesting. More attributed to how bad the coastal is than how good Syracuse is. I would say that as well.
0: Pitt, by the way, just lost to Georgia Tech this weekend.
1: Yeah. Which, wow. it, it was hideous. That game was disgusting yeah, sure. and ugly from Pitt. I didn't see it. Um
0: all right, let's move on. That was a good one. Uh, this guy, Randy, says, what is the ceiling for the basketball team this year? I say NIT. The ceiling is the NIT? The ceiling is the roof. I think that's a little bit absurd. That's atrocious. If you say your prediction take. is the NIT, maybe, but the ceiling? Yes. You think the best these players play? Possibly. They could play their hearts out. They leave everything on the floor, and they play to the, the highest potential they possibly can. And their ceiling is the NIT. I don't believe that. Um, what is the ceiling for this team? I think they could. I don't think they necessarily will. I think this team could definitely be, be better than last year's team. Uh, just based on the athleticism that's coming in for Syracuse basketball. Yeah. There was no athleticism on that team last year. Buddy Bayheim does not move well. Uh, neither does Cole Swider. Uh, and I mean... Joe Girard's probably the best athlete in term, in Simur Torrance. Like, and, and I mean, it was just hard to watch last year a lot of the time. Yeah. This year, yes, it's very it's going to be a young team. And, and there's a good chance that Bayheim's going to start three freshmen, Judah Bunch and Malik Brown. Um, but I think they could be really good. Uh, I think they could be ranked. I think that they could that. easily make it to the NCAA tournament. And that's the ceiling. That's where I think that they could be, not necessarily where I think they will be. Um, but if you're talking ceiling, I think they could go to the Elite Eight, Sweet 16. But
1: that's, that's where I ceiling. was saying. Ceiling, I was saying the Elite Eight. I, I would say my thought is that this team will be ranked at some point this year. Uh, and I'm not can, putting that in my ceiling. But I think this is a team that has the capabilities based on what I've seen and based on some of the variables that are coming in with the variables, though, I will say there's also a chance that as we were ta- or as you were talking about, I could hear an argument for Syracuse being in the NIT this year saying they don't quite have what it takes I think it to it the happen. tournament. I can yeah. hear that argument, but I, I think given, I guess the number of opportunities that this class presents in terms of there, there's almost like there's fallback options if certain players don't pan out completely. And this team will still be okay and able to compete. I think this is a team that is better than last year. And I think it is definitely a team that when all is said and done, you could find in the tournament and maybe make a little tournament run like you've seen in recent years. And I say that if they do that, it's not going to be as a surprise 10 seed. It would be as like that five or six seed that is able to win a couple of games and get going like that.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. We got to take a quick break for me to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the number one source for your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. Uh, and as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, we continue on the tweet machine. Next up, this is from Kyle, and this got a good. Giggle out of both Owen and I when we read it yesterday more overrated excuse player from Jersey Taj or DeVito? while it is it does seem like a joke kind of a decent question.
1: Um, yeah I think we both chuckled yesterday when we first read it and then we were like hold on like this it's actually a debate but all I can't of a sudden remember done.
0: what I said yesterday but what is your opinion on this?
1: I'm conflicted. In terms of when we, the word disappointment, um, because disappointment means that they didn't quite reach expectations. Oh, he didn't say
0: disappointment. He said overrated.
1: Oh, overrated. Sorry, um, overrated. I guess I'm going to use the same rationale, but switch the word out. Overrated means that there were once high expectations, um, which might have led to disappointment. So I am back and forth, and it's a two sided answer here. In terms of disappointment or in terms of overrated at Syracuse, the answer has got to be Tommy DeVito. Right. Because of what you expected him to be. However, if you look at right now, and the fact that DeVito has had a pretty solid year so far uh, at Illinois and is playing well and Taj is not playing at all anymore, I, I, I think that you can argue that in that capacity, Taj is the more overrated player. Um, but I, I think if we're looking through a Syracuse lens, based on the fact that Taj had a couple of or at least one solid season um, at Syracuse and DeVito, albeit he had you know major contributions to that 2018 team, even in a limited role, uh, was going to be the bigger disappointment. I keep going to disappointment, was overrated, I guess, just because of what we thought he could have been in terms of the four star, the elite 11 quarterback, all the expectations. Uh, he was supposed to be the savior right the golden boy Uh and it didn't quite pan out so in terms of overrated for Syracuse's lens I would land on DeVito
0: yeah I mean I think I kind of totally agree with you Uh Taj I didn't expect to be incredible and then he was until he wasn't um and then I don't think Taj was overrated. I just think he didn't like playing for Syracuse anymore, which is the same case for Tommy, but Tommy uh, was bad. And then he ended up being good somewhere else, yeah. which kind of makes you want to say Tommy's less overrated because he's playing well, but yeah. overrated on the Hill. I'm just going to take Syracuse's performance. I'm going to go Tommy just because he was the one that I saw when I was walking to class wearing the TD 13 chain. And I was like, that's hilarious. Um, so I'm going to go. Tommy is the more overrated player. I'll give you this right, we... before we
1: move it. A nod to him Okay. in that he has made this a conversation again with the way he's played this season. So props yeah. to Tommy, because he looks like a different quarterback over there, uh, and is playing well and competing and winning some football games. So a nod to him, uh, for making this a conversation, because if I don't have the, the hindsight of Illinois, I, I'm not sure that this is the same discussion that we were about to have.
0: Sure, totally. Um who Michael says who would be your defensive MVP of the football season thus far? Really good question. Phenomenal. Um, this one I think you and I both were thinking it's one of two guys and Michael Jones or Garrett Williams are those two guys. Um I ah, it's tough. Cause you tell them about your, the argument you brought up to me yesterday.
1: So my argument, I sort of looked at the way when you watch NBA voting and NFL voting for the MVP, it's, it's not the most valuable player. It's the best player. Um, And that is, I guess, a gripe that I always pulled out because I am a Seattle fan and I felt like in terms of value, Russell Wilson was the most valuable guy because the Seahawks would be garbage without him. This Mm. year, my, my take has been exposed Mm. apparently. Um, But when I look at this, I see if this is an award truly on value and the importance to this defense, my answer is Michael Jones without question. I think his leadership, the way he plays, the way he elevates the people around him, makes him the most valuable component of this defense. However, if we're looking at it in terms of the best player, which I think a lot of these awards are actually based on right now, I am going to give it to Garrett because of the flashy plays and the big plays and the big moments that he's had this year uh, in stepping up and saving games and a big-time interceptions down the stretch uh, and the fumble recovery that I think he gets credit for, even though it was a a self-inflicted fumble from a teammate. Uh, He has made those big plays, which is why I'll give him the best player, but Michael Jones I have pinned as most valuable.
0: Yeah, I I agree 100%. Uh Garrett has made the flashy play. Garrett has also been toasted a couple of times this season. Um but when you play corner it'll happen. Uh Michael has been good again though. Like Michael is so good. Um he's everywhere. He leads the team in tackles, four for loss, two sacks, fumble recovery, forced fumble. The dude is fantastic and he brings up the guys around him like you said. Leon Lowry, Anwar Sparrow, Derek McDonald, whoever you plug into that Stefan Thompson shaped hole that Syracuse has in the linebacker uh, unit, Michael Jones has been there to bring him up. Yeah, so I called him the Night I'm gonna, King. I'm going to go Michael Night Jones. King. He's just he, so good.
1: He is the Night King. He brings everyone up, right? From Gosh. the dead, even. If you think that there is nothing more you can do, he raises those hands and elevates the entire defense that surrounds him.
0: All right, last question from at Carpe Beach. This is for you, Owen, because you live in Syracuse. If Cuse beats NC State and Clemson, will you go streaking through the quad?
1: No. (laughs) But, Owen, you have to. No, I don't. I'll tell you what. I'm sure someone Hey, guys,
0: if this gets 1 million likes, Owen will streak through the quad.
1: I'm not losing my job over this. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Uh, love Syracuse football. Love Syracuse athletics. Not losing a job for it. But I'll tell you what, I'm sure someone will. Uh, and whoever that person ends up being, uh, I'm going to say that I sent them as compensation uh, for me not doing it. Um, but when all was said and done, Syracuse needs to string together back-to-back top 15 wins in order for this conversation to be revisited. So take it for what it's worth. All right. Good question. Sorry for my answer.
0: (laughs) Thank you for, uh, thank you for responding and whatnot for uh, our mailbag episode. We're going to try to do these once a week uh, to get everybody's questions answered. We appreciate it. Uh, but That's all the time we got. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine. We will see you tomorrow.